Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Anytime I'm cruising listening to 95.7 The Game, Craig, Van- Craig Valentino's on the board. I hear this song. I know that he's on the board. He's always got a bumping on the ones and twos. Alan Styles, Evan Giddings, taking up until 4.30 on 95.7 The Game till Warriors Live. You know, Craig just keeps the club moving, Alan. That's just yeah. what he does yeah. all day, pretty day much party. on Saturday. Day party for Craig. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate it's a little drizzly outside, it, although it did... I, I hate to take a shot, Alan, but it did seem pretty fitting that the foggy, rainy, cloudy day mm. fell upon the San Francisco Giants fan fest. Yeah, that's a rough one. When is that? Is that going all day? I hope not, because it, the the infield is about to be underwater. Well, that's what I was thinking, hour. because they don't want, I mean, not that anybody's playing on it anytime soon, but they don't want fans messing that type of stuff up. It looks like it ends in an hour. It ends at three. So it's been too late. It's been dry. It has. It It just wasn't sunny. Not today. Not today. Not today. It's too bad. So hopefully not foreshadowing what is to come for the San Francisco Giants. But I really don't see any other outcome, so to speak, as far as fog and rain of the forecast. Somebody could get hot. A couple guys can get hot. You never know. That's true. It still potentially moves to be made. I don't know what, but the Giants, uh, just like the Warriors, like we're trying to figure out what is going on at the trade deadline. Can the Warriors, you know, regain some of their championship pedigree? Is it more external or internal? To me, all the improvement relies on them internally figure something out. But Alan, the uh, the trade generators and the trade, you know, potential um, swaps are coming in. People are flooding these things in because they want to see the Warriors make a move. Apparently, they do, and I have one here, actually. Well, we have we have a Jonathan Joseph is is dropping a lot of trade generators. I'm just going to go to the first one that I saw. Shout out Jonathan. Shout out Jason. Everyone listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, listening on, uh, of course, the Odyssey app. So I'm going to read it off, and we'll decide who would say no, if anybody. So in this trade, it involves the Mavericks, the Warriors, and the Utah Jazz. The Mavericks would receive Jamichael Green, James Wiseman. Ryan Rollins, and a 2023 first-round pick from the Warriors. The Jazz would receive Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and a 2025 first-round pick. The Warriors receive Christian Wood and Jared Vanderbilt. Who says no, Evan? Everyone except for Golden State. <laughs> like uh, Christian Wood, who, by the way, is inactive tonight. He is hurt. He is out for the Dallas Mavericks, as is Luka Doncic. For everyone wondering about the game at 530 tonight, Warriors taking on the Mavericks. But, yeah, you're right. Like... 
<laughs> the Warriors would love this deal. Great deal. You bring in a big that can stretch the floor, Christian Wood. Jared Vanderbilt is 6'9". He can guard four positions. Mm-hmm. He's beaten the Warriors on a couple occasions this year, or one specifically. But, yeah, I, I would love that. And But that would mean, for those wondering about you know the, the sacrificial second timeline at this point, yeah, you're giving up on James Wiseman and Moses Moody, along with, to me, the other reason why it wouldn't happen, more from a Golden State Warriors perspective, and any of these these deals involving picks, is if you really are worried about the direction where the Warriors are going beyond this season, you cannot, you cannot afford to give up any unprotected first-rounders because then you might be stuck in a situation like the Brooklyn Nets were about 10 years ago, where, yeah, you got KG and Paul Pierce for a couple of years and some good players, and then you look up and you see you have no first-round picks for four seasons. Right. You, and they're all really good picks. Right. You turn into the, the Los Angeles Rams of the NBA, or like you said, the Nets as well. I, I'm just thinking here, if if you made this work, I mean, this is a steal by the Warriors. If you give the Jazz Kaminga... Would they say yes? You got to give either the Jet. The problem is you can't give Kaminga to the Mavericks and the Jazz. But if you could, then I think it could work. But I do not think that the Mavericks would trade Christian Wood for Jamichael Green, James Wiseman, Ryan Rollins, and a first round pick. No, I'm with you. And look, that's that's one of the reasons why they went out and got Christian Wood because they needed a running mate for Luka Doncic, who was a big, and Kristaps Porzingis was supposed to be that guy didn't work out, so I don't know why they would move on. The guy that would be really interesting to me and actually has been floated around trade circles is Jared Vanderbilt. Yes. Like that is someone who would be, I guess, more realistic or feasible to acquire if you're Golden State. And we're talking about what Golden State needs. To me, the switch to the small ball lineup is indicative of something that Golden State, of course, always does come postseason time. But it also, as far as the trade deadline is concerned, tells me, Allen, that they will not be seeking size. If they want to add anything, it would be a perimeter guy, a wing guy, such as someone like Jared Vanderbilt. But would you give up Kaminga for, for, for Vanderbilt? That is probably who it would take. Exactly. I would not do it. I, I wouldn't do it. Because also, I think that Vanderbilt, if you if you did get him, he would probably slot in it wherever you see Kaminga in the rotation come postseason time. Like Kaminga has the ability, to me, to be uh, as close to an off-the-bench defensive stopper as anyone on this, on this team because of his tools. Jared Vanderbilt is probably the eighth or ninth guy anyways. So mm. that's a net neutral. The only difference is, of course, you're giving up the upside of what Kaminga could be. And I don't think, again, we've talked about Moving the kids, I am willing to move the kids, but it would have to make sense. I'm not just moving them because I don't feel like babysitting anymore. It has to be a deal that makes sense for the Warriors, not just for this year, mostly for this year, but also moving forward. And in that situation, can't do it. You're not giving them up for adoption. I would go Vanderbilt for Wiseman straight up. Ooh. But I don't know if the Jazz would do that. Yeah, I, I think I would too. Okay, so... Like if we are talking and and it it always sucks it always you know comes back to you know James Wiseman this why isn't he playing why can't he get on the floor some of that has been due to injuries some of it's been due to him just not being apparently good enough for, to crack Steve Kerr's rotation some of it also has to do with like you said the fit some of it has to do with the position he plays and look they already told Kevon Looney that you know they may not be using him in the starting lineup the way that they did in years past so why should James Wiseman expect to be a backup center in this system but it does look a lot like, no matter how you slice it at this point, Alan, 
Um, James Wiseman's not going to help this team if they are to win a championship. He's not going to be a part of this season. No, and they have some decisions to make. And I think that's a big reason the Warriors need to look in the mirror and make sure that they don't get fleeced because they have decisions to make with James Wiseman and his contract and all, all that fun logistical stuff at the end of the season. But if you know that he's, you've decided that he's not going to help you, you got to try to do a better job of hiding it, I think, is the problem for the Warriors. Because they're very, you're not getting any type of run. Other teams are saying, we know you don't plan on using him. Yeah. So we're not, it, there's no, hey, you know, you, you got to give us a good deal or we'll just keep him. No, you don't. No, you won't. You don't want to keep him. You can't, you won't even play him. It does feel like they, in my opinion, they have tried to prop James Wiseman's stock up as much as they can. Like they tried. They tried to send him to the G League to get him minutes and then bring him back and it looked like you know he had 30 points against Brooklyn. He right. played on Christmas Day and he was he was a, I think he was actually a positive in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, and plus minus whatever you take from it. That's fine. But eventually you're going to get snuffed out. Like you're going to get found out. Yeah. You are going to get exposed as people like to call it. And James Wiseman, unfortunately, at this point in his career, has been exposed as a player that has not so far lived up to that number 2 overall pick billing. If I am the Warriors, I'm selling the heck out of the fit aspect. I would say, this guy, hey man. If you run pick and roll, James hey, Wiseman's for you. If you, this guy, you and, and you know, so I'm going to be Bob Myers here. Yeah, you are. So, you know. Come the, on, Bob. The offense that we run. It, it, it does not really feature a center. That's where Wiseman has struggled. But your team, X team, whoever he's talking to, your team does. And I think that's why James Wiseman, for us, it's not a talent thing. He's got talent coming out of his ears. The problem is the fit. And that's why we, we would like to move on from him. But we're, we're not going to sell him cheap because we know what he can do. It's just the fit for us specifically. Okay. That's what you got to do. Yeah, so you're Bob Myers. I'll be Danny Ainge. We're talking about the Utah Jazz. Okay. Okay, uh, okay Bob. So... How would you envision James Wiseman running pick and roll with Jordan Clarkson or, or Mike Conley? Because right now, I just don't see it, Bob. Well, you know, he's still working on other things. you got to remember, he's young. He is. He's, he has been injured, but he's coming around. That's a fact. He, he's been coming around, and I think for what you guys are building, right, you want young talent, young blood. This is a guy that gives you that centerpiece that you're looking for, okay? He is a guy, not only... Not only can he run the pick and roll, but let's not forget, we are moving towards those hybrid bigs. This guy's got a heck of a shot. Have you seen his lefty stroke? You know, Bob Myers, I, I, I have seen the stroke, but, you know, we kind of just moved off of, uh, you know, a, a stifle tower in Rudy Gobert. He is, he is, he, he, we, we moved off a guy who was a seven footer, could go up and block shots, could dunk it, could jam it with the best of them, but he just wasn't a good fit in our system because he couldn't really do much. He couldn't outside do of much. defend the rim. Right. The issue was, and we got four picks, by the way, so we're going to ask, we're going to need at least two over here in Utah to even feel comfortable with having this conversation, I think. The issue was go bear offensively. You will not have those problems with James Wiseman. James Wiseman is more skilled than Rudy Gobert offensively right now. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, no, that that's true. But the issue is, and again, I, I think outside of the role play, the issue with the Warriors right now and is that seen. they cannot defend, at least consistently. Mm-hmm. Look, like right now the Warriors are about as true of a 500 club as you can be. Their last 15 games, they are 7-8. and eight. Over those 15 games, they have an offensive rating of 114.2, mm-hmm. and they have a defensive rating of, wait for it, 114.2. They are a net 
Zero. They are a 500 club, and James Wiseman does not help either of those. So when we're talking about a trade, all right, how can you help either of those two efficiency ratings get uplifted? I, I, just, I just don't know if I see it externally, and that's why I come back to the Warriors, to me, probably not making a move, but trying to do things more along the lines of adjusting their starting lineup to try and activate Jordan Poole or to have Kavon Looney playing off of the bench to, to give you some more defensive presence for your second second unit and, and rebounding. Like that to me, I think we're going to see more of those adjustments as opposed to, even if it's a buyout, you know, a, a trade or somebody mm-hmm. else coming in. Yeah. Where the Warriors are right now, with this market, it's very similar. To, we just talked about FanFest for the Giants. It's very similar to when you go to a game yeah, or go to an amusement park. You know that you're going to overpay, but hopefully you prepared for that. You know the beer is going to be as much as what a six-pack typically is at Safeway. <laughs> you know the hot dog is going to be as much as a pack of hot dogs at Safeway. Dollar but hopefully you, under, you understand that, you plan for it. And you just you just eat it, and you go along and you do it. The Warriors know that at this point with this current market, they're going to have to overpay. Do they want to do that? And I think to your point, as much and and Bob Myers right here on our airwaves said, you know, do we need a trade? Do we want one? He was asked, and he said the answer is both. I think even with that being said, they don't want to pay that premium, and and I, and it's going to have to be buyout, in my opinion, I, a straight up trade. I just don't think the the premium is too high right now for all these other teams because all these other teams know that the West is a cluster and they know that all these teams want to get over the hump. So I'm not going to sell you something and get fleeced simply because you need you need help. And where this help is coming from, you we already talked about the Suns. They're not going to do that deal with Jay Crowder because it's the Warriors. So they're just limited, and you got to you got to. You got to figure out what you can figure out with the people you have. And I'm saying, okay, James Baldwin. So we talked to Anthony Slater on Thursday on the roast. And and, James, and Anthony Slater, I said, hey, a lot of people have been asking for Patrick Baldwin Jr. A lot of people have been asking for PBJ. What's the deal there? And he said, you know, he's just young and not physical enough. So everybody sees the length. Why don't we get him in there? He's tall. He can hit threes. Right? He could be a Christian Wood type. He's not there yet. So some type of tinkering has to be done. And I and I... This is a challenge for Steve Kerr for all the years where, let's be completely honest, there's been different type of coaching that Steve Kerr has had to do. When you had Kevin Durant, I'm not positive how important the X's and O's were. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. But it was a different type of coaching. You had personalities. You had putting people in the right spots. Who's going to take the most shots? This right here is a, a new challenge for Steve Kerr. Bonte himself said he doesn't think Steve Kerr's been killing it this season, but he still has time to figure it out. Yeah, and look, and people are chiming in with different suggestions. We got to the trade generator, people on YouTube, you know, admin honor, cut Iggy and sign DeMarcus Cousins, I assume, or Dwight Howard, Cousins or Howard. That's in all likelihood not going to happen. The trade that we talked about earlier involving Christian Wood and Jaron Vanderbilt is probably not going to happen. I think you're right that there's more likely to be a buyout than anything else. But if you're the Warriors, and it's funny because, so they are 26 and 26, they are 500, and Draymond Green earlier this week was you know, kind of asked about this. Stephen Curry was as well. He said he's mostly optimistic about this season. I don't expect him to say anything different, but I do take him for his word that he feels good about them 
trying to sort of reclaim some of that magic that they found at the end of last mm-hmm. season. But but Draymond's quote was against another team, not necessarily Memphis or Denver, but just a, a team in the, the ether of the NBA. Our best versus their best. Quote, they don't stand a chance. Do you feel like that? And I wonder how the fans feel, too. 888-957-9570, also the number of the Xfinity mobile text line. Do you think at their best, Golden State versus enter X team, that X team does not, quote-unquote, stand a chance? I've seen the Warriors crank it up and really play championship basketball probably five times this season for five games. So I know that they still have it, that that switch that everybody keeps saying, they're just going to flip into the playoffs. I know that they have it, Evan, but I don't know if they have it for the duration of the playoffs. I don't know. I know that they, yeah, and I know people are going to, they did it last year. I know they did it last year. I'm talking, about this, I'm talking about this year. Yeah, different year. I'm talking about this year. 2023. I've seen them, and, and last year, they did it for multiple stretches during the regular season. So you felt, even though they had some bad losses, some bad patches last year, last season, it was different because you had seen them play really well in certain spots. Obviously, Steph missed some time then. You get Clay, you didn't even have Clay Thompson. You get Clay Thompson back. There was a transition there. Draymond goes down. It's just a different situation. So, going back to this season, when you're looking at them and what they've turned on, I know that they can turn it on offensively for the most part. Defensively is when, okay, five, those five times that I spoke about, they did turn it on defensively. Can they do that throughout the playoffs? I I don't know. They've done it before. They've done it multiple times. That's why they have four rings. But can they do it this specific year? I have not seen anything this year. So that's a, that's a problem with the dynasty. When you talk about a dynasty, everybody wants to talk about the dynasty as a whole. I'm just saying specifically this year. I would pick the Warriors, but it wouldn't surprise me if, yeah, okay, this was the year they just ran out of gas. Yeah, to your point, Alan, look, they have had three separate win streaks this year. No win streak has been more than five. The second highest has been three. Like, they have not been able to put together a stretch like they did last year. And I'm I'm not even talking about the 18 and two start, which is obviously fantastic and gave them a cushion. I'm talking about the fact that at the midway point through the year, at about this time, they were in the midst of a nine game win streak from January to the beginning of February. They had eight different win streaks of three games or more last season alone, and that was in a year where, again, we thought they kind of sputtered towards the end of the season Mm -hmm. due to injury. They haven't had that many injuries compared to last year, in my opinion, that have kind of reworked things to where we're wondering if they can reclaim it. Like, we've seen them at full strength, and at full strength... They have not put together more than a five-game win streak. That, to me, is concerning. Because if you're looking at playing the same team for two weeks in a series, and then you have to win four of those series, not that you're going to have to win five in a row, but you're going to have to play that level of basketball on the road on the road as well if you want to try and repeat as champions. And that's where I have pause. I still think that they can make the finals because of what we talked about, which is the Western Conference, and them having no matter what, even even if they play Milwaukee in the finals, I think they'll have a psychological advantage over their opponent. But is that advantage good enough? 
Is it good enough to get you over the top to where you were last year? And are the Warriors good enough to, to kind of find it within themselves to do what, what Draymond Green is talking about, which is saying, at our best, other teams do not stand a chance. That's what we're going to find out, and that's why people chiming in on YouTube, the Xfinity Mobile text line, saying, I'm confident, I can see them doing it again this year. The answer is we won't know, of course, until the postseason, but it, it to me, it's... It's inescapable to say that it feels different from last year. Like, it is not. These seasons are not created equal. No. And it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, they sputtered last season. I think a really interesting thing is, and we've talked about it on on the Xfinity Mobile text line as well, how because nobody is really separating themselves besides the one and two seed in the West, since nobody's really doing that, is it a little bit harder for the Warriors to get up and and feel that, have that same sense of urgency because they haven't had to have it? So if that's your answer, so you're essentially trying to coast, but you're still putting on heavy minutes. To me, I don't know if it's mentally or not. Maybe that's the fourth quarter issues because Steve Kerr said it wasn't them being tired. But to me... You're you're not playing at your at your highest intensity, but now you're just going to turn it on yeah. for the playoffs, even though last year was similar in a different way. You had injuries, but last year you still had so much to go off of. Guys, I mean, we have our championship DNA. We got Clay back. We went 18 and 2. We've had these win streaks. We've looked like the best team in basketball for long stretch for for multiple periods of time throughout the season. We got this. This year is just well we did it last year and we have Steph Curry, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. That's it. That that's that's what you're banking on cuz you're not you can't refer to anything this season not so far if they continue to play this 500 style of basketball and just we're just going to creep in. I don't think it's a lack of urgency. I just think it's a lack of being able to execute. They yeah. just have not executed and may, maybe that's because of lack of urgency. I have no clue, but you are telling me that a team that hasn't gone on any any real type of win streak this season is just going to all of a sudden go on a, a semi-win streak? Because we're not even talking, it's not even about the win streak. We're not even saying, oh, you got to win 10 games. Give me an eight and tour. We need to give, see two give me weeks a seven of quality and, basketball. A seven and one guy, right? Yeah. Like you have not seen that. And when's the last time a team won a championship where they were not the best team in basketball for at least two weeks? At least two weeks. Like I, I know people bring or have brought up on this station this past week the fact that you know Boston was near five hundred, not around this time, but uh, you know maybe at the end of mm-hmm. you know whatever the 21 to 22 calendar year last year and of course they went on a run to the finals they didn't win but they got damn close the warriors could try and you know find themselves look they have 30 games left starting tonight at 5:30 against the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic the warriors have 30 games left to prove to whether it be us, to themselves, to the media, to the league, that they are capable of repeating as champions. And we're going to continue to dig into that on the other side. Also going to talk about the 49ers. Of course, they have a lot of offseason decisions potentially to weigh. There was some news coming out today about Trent Williams we want to get to as well. But a reminder that before the Warriors host the Mavericks, tune into 95-7 the game for Warriors Live at 430 with John Dickinson. And then, of course, handing things off to Tim Roy. Brought to you by the Xfinity Sports Zone, the ultimate hub for all things sports with live games shows, news, and highlights all in one place. It's Alan Styles. It's Evan Giddings back after this on 95.7 The Game.
Now back to 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alan Styles, Evan Giddings taking you up until Warriors Live at 434. Golden State takes on the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Trying to hopefully start a win streak, something they've only done three times this year. Are they on the right side or the wrong side of 500? I don't know if we'll necessarily understand the question by the end of the night because Luka Doncic isn't playing, Christian Wood's not playing, Clay Thompson's questionable, Draymond Green is questionable. We'll, of course, get those updates for you as soon as they come in. But, Alan, the trade talk news of the town, even all the way over here in San Francisco in the greater Bay Area, seems to revolve around two words, Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kyrie Irving and the dominoes to fall afterwards. Oh boy. What happens to the Nets? Do they decide to deal Kyrie? I I I heard a lot of well the Nets could just say no and then Kyrie wouldn't play, which and, is what they kind of did to Kevin Durant this last offseason. Right. And then I he he said he would just leave in free agency. Yeah. So if you're the Nets, you're just hoping that he's bluffing and he plays. I, look, I don't think that they'll move Kyrie Irving just because, like, to, to the credit of the front office in Brooklyn, they've been pretty pat. Uh, they've been, they've stand, they've stood pat on Kevin Durant asking for the ultimatum of head coach and the GM gotta go or I'm gonna go. Well, all three were at the facilities on the first day of the season. Now, mm-hmm. Steve Snash, of course, eventually got fired. But I don't think that was because of Kevin Durant's ask. I think that was more so because the team was heading in the wrong direction. Right. And Kyrie Irving was a big part of that because he's posting pop- propaganda on his social media. And some days he doesn't show up for work like he did last year. Yeah, why not? He refuses to take the jab sometimes. Or not, not necessarily just the jab, but things that require you are of required of you to work in the industry that you do. So, one, if you're a team... Like, do you even feel comfortable with Kyrie Irving? I don't know. But, of course, if they do move Kyrie as it pertains to Golden State, there is a name that people are now, quote-unquote, inquiring about, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, and that is a familiar face to many Golden State Warriors fans, and his name is Kevin Durant. Oh, the tangled web we weave. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't... Going back to the conversation we had this summer when Kevin Durant wanted to get traded, I think that... The young guys, I can't tell if the young guys have lost value or gained value Ship since them all, then. Ship them all, Alan. 
I think Kaminga has basically stayed the same in terms of value. I think that Wiseman has probably lost some value, and I don't see how you can be on a 500 team and not get run and get sent to the G League if you were James Wiseman or Moses Moody and gain value. Therefore, at best, you have the same value and possibly less value. So now we're talking... Now we're talking, I think even you would be talking about this anyway to make the money make sense. And I feel like I'm having deja vu of the summer. Now you got to get, if you want Andrew, if you want Kevin Durant, Andrew Wiggins is out of here. Yeah. And of course, as we found out, he doesn't have, he has a no trade clause. So you can't even deal him. He wouldn't be available to be dealt. You're honestly looking at to, to make the money match up. If you even wanted to, you know, hold a Kevin Durant trade impossibility, It'd be Draymond Green or Clay Thompson. Like those are the guys that you would have to include in that deal. But there were some rumors flying around this past summer that the Warriors did in fact inquire about KD, and the names that were involved were Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. But the Nets did not want those players because you're essentially just trading old for old. You're not getting any younger. You're no. not trying to retool. You would be essentially trying to compete with different pieces, and the best piece is obviously Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's got three more years on his deal is the other part that you'd have to weigh and think about. And if you're the Golden State Warriors or trying to get younger, that doesn't really help you, of course, if you have to include all of those young guys like you mentioned. So I don't think Kevin Durant is in the cards, but I know that a lot of people are... It isn't Kevin Durant, the individual, so to speak, but to me it's the symbol, Allen, of do you want to go all in at the deadline and try and maximize this season? Because as we've discussed, if things don't trend in the right direction after this year, you know, Bob Myers' contract is looming. Who knows if he'll be in Golden State next year. Uh, Clay Thompson's deal is at the uh, at, up at the end of next year. Draymond Green could or could not pick up his team option this summer. Um and if he does come back, then he only has one year left on his deal. Steve Kerr's deal is up at the end of next season. So there's going to be a lot of question marks. Then Poole's deal kicks in. Andrew Wiggins' deal is officially kicks in for the extension. Like There's a lot of things that are going to have to weigh. So the question is, do you try and go all in for this season? And I think a lot of people are grasping at Kevin Durant as kind of that lifeline. And a lot of people don't realize what you just said at the beginning uh, of your your speech right there yes, that it would that it would include Draymond or, or Clay Thompson. I think everybody is thinking, you know, they don't know about the Andrew Wiggins trade clause. They don't know about you know just just the money in general. You can't just give the Nets the kids and get Kevin Durant back. That, that just <laughs> yeah. logistically, you just can't. You you literally cannot do that. So now you're talking Clay Thompson, Draymond Green and getting the band back together. You're not even getting the band back together. You're making a new version of the band. Yeah. Making the band shout out Diddy and Chappelle. You're making a new version of the band. It's it's like when and Craig can help me out with that. It's like when David Ruffin left the Temptations and they had to get somebody else. They're still the Temptations, but they were just a little bit different. They still had hits, yeah. but they were a little different. You get Kevin Durant, but you lose Draymond and or Clay Thompson if the Nets even want them. You're still the Warriors, but it's a little different. And the and for it to be KD, I think would make it it would make you feel a little bit dirty, wouldn't it? Probably, and but not to mention. But if you're telling me it gets me closer to a championship, then I have to listen to the conversation. You have right? to listen to the conversation. But you also got to remember, KD's been injured a good bit yeah. since he's come back. He's had. Dip- he's not even playing right now. No, yeah, he's currently out. So 
that's another thing I would wait. So you're going to lose pieces of your core? That's not how this is supposed to end. They're supposed to ride off into the sunset. You know, Clay, maybe he plays a year or two somewhere else, and same with Draymond, but it's going to be on their own accord. It's not going to be on a trade to Brooklyn to play with Ben Simmons. Remember when Ben Simmons... Imagine Draymond Green playing with Ben oh Simmons my and Kyrie goodness, Irving. It would be hot potato. <laughs> it would be hot potato. You shoot it. No, you, know how many shot, you know how many shot clock violations that team would have because nobody would want to shoot the basketball? Seth Curry would get 50 shots a game. I'd kind of like to see that. Seth Curry would be the, the premier, premier guy. Joe Harris is a name that's being thrown around. I've seen yep. Nick Claxton on the text line as well. Royce O'Neal. We don't know how the Nets are going to react to this. This is just a normal day in the life for the Nets. Oh, one of our, one of our stars wants to leave? Cool. Uh, what's for breakfast? Right? They don't even think twice about it anymore. It was kind of funny. So Nick Ferdell, who's, of course, uh, a friend of the program, used to cover the Warriors for ESPN here in the Bay, is now the beat writer for the Knicks, or covers the Nets the Nets, pardon me, for uh, for ESPN. But he came in. He was in town after the Nets came to Chase Center. Warriors, of course, tricked off that game a little bit. Comes mm-hmm. into studios, doing the interview afterwards. You know, I was just, just chopping it up, just asking, like, hey, you know, like, how's the beat going? How, it seems like the waters have calmed a little bit in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he just goes, well, you never know. Like, like wait until tomorrow, basically. Like, yeah. something like... Kyrie Irving requesting a trade could happen at any moment. Kyrie Irving not showing up for war could happen at any moment. Kevin Durant getting injured could happen at any moment. And, like, the Brooklyn Nets are the real house husbands of the NBA at this point. (laughs) Like, they are reality television. And they're a a huge reason why the NBA is, to me, as enticing and addicting as it is. Because... It's not about basketball. Yeah. Like, it's all about what happens off of the court. And even if you're able to take advantage of that as Golden State, I don't know if giving up a member of your core, which, again, is financially what it would take, gets you any closer than you are now. And you also would have to bring back someone that this fan base has 90% of which as a kind of kick to the curb. It would be rough. It would be rough. And would fans want to do that? I, I see a five one zero right here on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Good. Get rid of Draymond. Yeah, Draymond. Be a lot of those too. Well, Draymond. We know how polarizing he is, but Clay is the one because it actually makes more sense just from a basketball standpoint that Clay would be the one moved. And we we know that we don't even know if the Nets would want him. It doesn't sound like they do. But Clay is the one that I think most people for all the heat checks that you haven't liked from Clay as of late and how he's played, he's has been a bit hot and cold. It would be hard for people to get down with that. It would. No, that, that, that's would. that's interesting, Alan. Because okay, so I I do hear what you're saying. To the Warriors, though, which player do you feel like is more important right now, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green, heading into the last thirty games of the season? Draymond, I'm with you. Draymond. So that's why with the 510 says get rid of Draymond, my my immediate logic says no. Like yeah. Can't, can't, again, this is all hypothetical, but no. You can't get rid of Draymond on a team that's already bad on defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean Draymond Green is playing some maybe not all-time Draymond defense, but he's he was playing good basketball at the beginning of this season and has played good in stretches. He he's played good in stretches and and look, can that 
the flip that needs to be switched, right? Can the, the Draymond great depoy Draymond show up for a playoff run? Can hot clay and not taking weird off balance two pointers in transition? And if you are taking them, make it. But the guy who's missing those shots and taking those shots for absolutely no reason, can that guy show up? Can Steph Curry, who doesn't, who doesn't turn the ball over like a fourth grader. Can that guy show up and just do what he does offensively? That's the thing with Steph with the turnovers. Steph, you literally have a green... Steve Kerr would rather you take a half-court shot sometimes than some of the decisions that you make passing the basketball. You're better off just shooting from half-court. Legitimately. Pull up like Jordan Poole pulled up against Memphis at the tail end of that game that caused Steph Curry to throw his mouthpiece. Do that. Just do it. Just do, I'd rather you do that than drive to the lane, get stuck in the air, and throw the ball over your head into the stands. <laughs> or to Nas Reed. Or I, to I Nas Reed. I would rather not have you do that at all. Right. No, you're right. And Draymond is also, I'm just looking at, okay, if you're going to have to go through certain teams in the West and, and maybe one out of the East, I'm looking at the top three teams in the West. Mm-hmm. You might have to beat, you probably don't have to beat all three of them, but you might have to beat two of them. Uh, Sacramento, they got a big name, Demonis Sabonis, who averages a double-double. Draymond Green's got to guard that guy. Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr., I know that he plays idiotically at times, but he, if playing well, can be a force. Draymond Green's got to guard that guy. And, of course, Brandon Clark, too. Brandon Clark. And... and they got yeah they got a they got a couple big guys. <laughs> yeah, well, let's team. let's say you run into New Orleans who's going who's going to check Zion like that would be Draymond Green's guy and of course right. the guy that he I don't want to say he, he didn't take him out of the series but he made Nikola Jokic's life very difficult in the first round of the playoffs last year. He did but part of that was because he was playing with sure he was playing with who he was playing with and don't forget going back to the Grizzlies they also he's not a Necessarily a guy offensively, but somebody's got to guard Steven Adams when he's in. He's a big boy. Yeah, if, if he's healthy, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, and Draymond Green and him, of course, have a, a long history together. Yes. So yes. that would be interesting. And then if you look at the East, like Draymond Green would be the guy to probably try and, you know, if you're going small, he'd be matched up maybe with Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee or, of course, Giannis um, with Boston. He's checking Horford. He's checking Time Lord and Rob Williams. Philadelphia, if you're going small, who's going to guard Embiid besides Draymond? Even in, in, in Brooklyn, like somebody's got to check Nick Claxton. I know he's, he's not in the same ilk as the rest of those guys, but, you know, the Cleveland. Well, we say that, but these bigs that you've never heard of <laughs> yeah. play the Warriors and they go off. Yeah, Claxton at like 24 and 13. They it was, go it was off. pretty unbelievable. It, it, I. I I watch the Warriors and I always end up googling a big. Oh boy. That I've never that, that maybe I've heard I've I've heard of but I don't know what their deal is and they just start cooking and I end up googling who is this guy and I end up knowing their whole background just based on them cooking the Warriors. How often do you this is a side but how often do you go down NBA player or just professional athletes like Wikipedia wormholes. I feel like I end up doing that a lot when the Warriors play because, like you said, it, maybe it's not a big, but it's some guy on the other side. Like again, I mentioned Charlotte. The first one that pops into my mind is Dennis Smith Senior. Absolutely working Stephen yeah. Curry down the stretch of the fourth quarter in overtime. And I'm like, where has this guy been? Right. And then I go down the. I was like, I know he went to NC State, but you know, then he was drafted by the Mavericks, but he was, was on the Knicks, and now he's kind of he was out of the league, and he's working from home, and then he's back on a team, and it's like these are the guys that are killing Golden How? State way How? too much. You know, one thing I did want to say because there was another guy, Nemhart. Remember when he went off? Oh, when, my guy from Gonzaga. From Gonzaga, yeah. I knew who he was, but I mean, he was balling because there was no Halliburton that game. Yeah. One thing that has been brought up before but doesn't get brought up enough and I don't know if we're using it as an excuse or just something that we should keep in mind 
the Warriors, even the years where they didn't have Klay Thompson and they weren't in contention for a championship, the Warriors basically have, have been a dynasty since they got going here in 2015, right? So this whole time has been all Warriors. When they were out, teams wanted to beat them down because they had been beating them down. Yeah. So even, even hey, we know you, you don't have Klay Thompson. We, don't, we do not care. We do not care. We want to embarrass you. So they had to deal with that. Now you get Klay Thompson back, you win another championship. They, again, for however long, for since 2015, the Warriors have been the team that gets circled more than any other team by by other teams for when they play them. Hey, we got the Warriors tonight. I'm getting up for this one. And and it's not an excuse, but it is something to keep in mind. Teams aren't getting up for the Sacramento Kings. I don't think teams are getting up for the Nuggets. I think they'll start to. I think teams get up for Denver, and I think that Sacramento but not has taken like the teams Warriors, by surprise. But not sure. like the Warriors, though. Now, I'm talking about the history, even when the Warriors weren't good. No, teams do not get up for any other team in the NBA like they do for the Warriors. I think that that's true, but this year is for a different reason than the rest of the years. And okay. the reason is because teams sense the end. Like Now, I don't think it is, but if you're telling me the Warriors are 26-26 and 26, and they still got their core pieces from last year and the young guys are supposed to be a year better, and they're not, and they're losing these tight games down the stretch, well, I am looking at Golden State a little bit like a shark looks at blood in the water. Like, there is something there, and I need to go check it out, Mm -hmm. and I need to go see if there's food. Now, that food might bike back, and Golden State might be able to return to the mountaintop and win the championship this year. But right now, more than any other time in this dynasty... They are vulnerable, and that is why I think they get circled on teams' calendars as opposed to, we got to get up for the champs. It's more like, we got a chance to beat the champs, and we got a chance to take them down in tougher fashion, in better fashion, and in easier fashion than they've ever been. I partly agree with you. I I do agree that the teams see the Warriors being vulnerable, because look at their record. They are vulnerable. But I would still say that... Other teams are thinking, yeah, they look vulnerable. So there's a difference between one game versus just as a whole. I think that one game, I would agree. Hey, these guys, they're tricking off games to everyone. You get a game. You get a game. Games that these teams don't even want to win. Brooklyn didn't. Brooklyn had no reason that (laughs) Brooklyn did not want to, you know, hey, we're just trying to get on this plane. They had barely beat the Jazz the night before. Kyrie had to drop 39. Hey, we're just going to gift wrap this to you. Yeah. But. So uh, there's the there's the full game version or the one single game version, but then as a whole, I do think that hey, the Warriors are 26 and 26. Yes, they had a better record last season. They were way more consistent last season. But in terms of everything ending, I don't know because the Warriors had to deal with all of this last season, even when they were playing better. And we we know all the national media saying that the Warriors were cooked. I do think maybe on a night to night basis, teams might be thinking we can get them because they they do not show up in, in different times. They like to give the ball to the other team. But from a championship standpoint, I do believe that everybody has the Warriors circled as, hey, there's they just did it and we tried to we we tried to will their downfall last season and it did not happen. 
Yeah, no, that that's fair. And look, I think last year the Warriors had a lot more to prove than they do this year. And not mm-hmm. to say that they're fat cats and they're okay with you know having a championship that's a good and point. that's it. But also when you work so hard to get to that point and you succeed... I, I feel like it'd be difficult not to have a little championship hangover. And, and I don't know if at this point in the season that's still around, but there well, there was some of that to me at the beginning of the year. Oh, without a doubt. And there's some of it throughout games in which you can see not a guy take a possession off completely, but with some of the boneheaded turnovers you're talking about, it's like you guys are the defending champs, and yet there are these lackadaisical mistakes that continue to permeate throughout each and every one of these ball games. What's going on? Yeah, they had they had the shortest off season. You obviously you win the whole thing, so you played until June. Then you went overseas, so we get all that. It, it, there's a there is something to be said about that, but you got to figure it out. And one thing I would say about not necessarily being as hungry as they were the year before. You know, one thing that I did not like what that Clay Thompson did when the whole thing went down with him with the Suns and Devin Booker, to me, and you can, I, I'm curious your thoughts, I'm curious everybody's thoughts. To me, I didn't love Clay immediately throwing up the four. And Devin Booker, whatever, however it started, I don't even know what was said. We still don't know. But Devin Booker, just he said he just kept repeating that they have four. They have four. And to me, looking back on that, I'm not surprised at where they're at. It was last season, and I know it was early in the year. It might have been one of their first. It was their first road game, I think. Or and it might have been their first, first national game. Yeah, besides right. the Lakers, yeah, yeah, besides yeah. the Lakers, yeah. and it was well, we got four, we got four, dude. We know it's a new season, so I thought that that was a bit of an indictment on where they were at that time. Oh, you're still in championship mode. You're still victory lapping, even though this season has started. And I think they got hit in the mouth. And they have not been able to recover. And everybody was saying, yeah, that's good on Clay. You tell him he's got zero rings. Well, you both have zero rings this season. <laughs> You're not the champion of this season. Yes. So to me, like that, looking back on that makes where they're at right now less surprising. Because I did not love it. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, it's cool. We, we have four rings. Trust me, I enjoyed all the parades. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed all four of them. But... It, it did give me a look into where this team was at that time mentally, and I have no clue when they were able to switch off of that to decide, okay, we're now we're quest for five. I don't know when the quest started. They were still celebrating four. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really interesting moment to talk about. And by the way, people asking about Clay Thompson, technically we do not know if he will play tonight. He's been ruled as questionable with a non-COVID illness. Draymond Green also questionable with a calf strain. Stephen Curry will likely play, even though he's dealing with uh, some injury as well. Um, the only person who's been ruled out tonight on the Warriors' side is, of course, Andre Iguodala, uh, as, as, as well as Luka Doncic on the Mavericks' side. So That's, that's a pretty even, even trade. That's, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. They both... They both give the same. But I'm with you on the Clay Thompson moment, and I know we got to get a break in a couple of minutes here, but that, along with a few other things throughout this year, have been... Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there are kind of breadcrumbs and signs of weakness that we haven't seen, and, and I guess levels that the Warriors have not stooped to in previous years. Even last year, when they technically had more to defend because people were counting them out, like you mentioned. We never heard, hey, we still got three chips. You know, we still got Steph. I'm still this. I'm still that. Yeah. Like, this year, like, that 
That's what Shaquille O'Neal does on TV to Charles Barkley. It is. Like, that's, and what does everyone say? Well, that, that's weak. That's because you just can't, you can't come up with another comeback. Mm-hmm. So you just throw the rings in their face. That's what I'm saying. And 510 is chiming here on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Booker and the Suns have no room to talk. Booker has zero rings, zero all caps. In his career, career all caps. Big difference. The Suns talk but can't finish every season. To me, this isn't about the Suns. I don't, I don't care. By the way, Booker had like 35 and Clay had 8 on they, 18 shots. So it's like he was busting his ass that night. My, like, I don't think, what is Devin Booker going to say? He's talking about something, whatever trash he was talking about, Clay Thompson, was about that game. And Clay didn't have anything for him. So he said, well, we have four rings. That was my guess. I have no clue. But I, what, what else would Devin Booker be saying? Oh, yeah, you think you're so cool with your four rings? No, he was probably roasting Clay on something in that game. And Clay goes, well, I got four rings, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Because. That was all he had. Now, it's a really good comeback. Don't get me wrong. It is. But it was also, hey, this is a new year. This is a new year. I don't know. Well, speaking of New Year's, the 49ers got a new year coming up in 2023. A lot to dig into on that side, especially on the gridiron for the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to transition from the Warriors to the Niners and then get you set beyond. At about 4 o'clock, we'll get back to the Warriors who play tonight against the Dallas Mavericks at 5.30. Warriors live at 4.30. But coming up next, Red and Gold Reaction, which is brought to you by the SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com and apply today. What's going to happen at the quarterback position? What's going to happen to the offensive line? What did the the San Francisco 49ers need to address? And what are some of the things that are still kind of resonating from whether it be Kyle Shanahan's postseason presser or the game itself in the NFC Championship? We're going to dig into that next on 95.7 The Game. It's Evan Giddings and Alan Stiles with you up until 4.30. We'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 